Hello, welcome to another time on this gospel. My name is Kizo Don Pedro and we will be continuing from where we stopped last week on the cross. So last week we answered the question, why the cross? Today we'll be considering what really happened on the cross. But before we delve in, I want to um, re-emphasize the fact that God is in love with you, that he's not condemning you, that no matter what you've done or been through, he's, he's, more, he's more than willing to love you beyond your faults. Amen. He's the only one who, who knows you completely and loves you completely. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's proceed. What really happened on the cross? You know, a couple of years ago, when I was little, or less little, <laughs> I, I watched the Passion, of the Christ, Passion of the Christ. And if you haven't watched it, I recommend you watch it. It's, really a, it's a really good movie. Mel Gibson tried. But when I was watching it, I, I, I got emotional about all the pains that Christ went through, his pangs, his blood spilling, Mary crying, his disciples abandoning him, and all those things got to me, it got to my heart actually. But then, coming to study the word, I see that uh, beyond the whole drama that happened in the movie, so much more happened that we did not capture with our eyes, rather that, that the movie didn't capture, and we can't see through movies or through the natural eyes. And that is one of the things that we're going to be de- delving into today. I hope you have a Bible with you. I hope you have a pen with you. As we look at God's love for you much more. Hallelujah. So what really happened on the cross? So we had before established that God laid our sins on Jesus on the cross. So um, what came next after God laid our sins on Jesus uh, is almost like a replay of what happened in Eden. Let's check Matthew 27 verse 46. Again, Matthew 27 verse 46. And it says, and about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Hallelujah. So we can see here that God, Jesus was saying that, saying that God had left him. God had left him. And we said earlier on that um, the separation of God from man or man from God is called spiritual death. So we can, we can say that Christ first died spiritually on the cross. Now this, this is spiritual that happened way before he died physically. But we'll get to that very soon. So keep in mind that we said that spiritual death is the separation of God from a man's spirit. Jesus went through this just like Adam. His separation was also foretold by King David. And that can be seen in Psalms 22 verse 1. Please open your Bible. It says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. <laughs> this looks familiar, right? So David was, was proclaiming what would happen to Jesus on the cross way before Christ came. Saying, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou so far from helping me? So you see that God was far from Jesus. God was beyond Jesus' cry on the cross. So, so from the Psalms, we can readily see that God was actually far from Jesus. Amen? But why? Why was he far from Jesus? Why was he far from Jesus? 2 Corinthians 5, 21 answers that. For he had made him to be sin for us, for you who knew no sin. Hallelujah. This is saying that God made Jesus to be sin for, for us, for you, for me. And he said that this Jesus did not know how to sin. He did not have any sin. So he, in essence, he's saying that he made a sinless man sin on your behalf. Hallelujah. So on the cross, Jesus was made sin for us. 
meaning he accepted the responsibility for your sin, for mankind's sin, both the believer and, un and the unbeliever. Original sin, nature, and subsequent actions. Hallelujah. So when I say original sin, I mean Adam's sin. He took the responsibility of Adam's sin. He took the nature of sin. And also, he took the consequences of sin, which is death. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So he bore this thing as though he was the one responsible for committing them. If you have any sickness in your body, just declare that. Um, declare in your body that Christ took the consequence of every sin. He took the consequence of this of this sickness. No, no sickness is a consequence of sin. So you can boldly declare that Christ took this sickness. Christ took this sickness. If he took it, I do not have it. If he took it, I do not have it. If he took HIV, I do not have it. If he took headache, I do not have it. If he took cancer, I do not have it. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we believe that you are healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Glory to God. Let's, let's, let's continue. Hallelujah. Let's continue. So Jesus, first of all, became the sinful man in nature. Secondly, he bore the responsibility of every action the sinful man ever committed and will ever commit. Meaning he bore the responsibility of both past sins, present sins, and future sins. Whether stealing, raping, killing, lying, etc. Whatever it is, Christ bore it all up on the cross. Glory to God. No, I, I like Isaiah. Isaiah put it beautifully. He said this, Surely he had borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Now, grief, grief can be used in terms of pain. He bore your pain. If he bore your pain, he shouldn't bear your pain. He bore your sorrow, like depression. If he bore your depression, he shouldn't bear depression. Glory to God. So he can reject pain. He can re reject depression because Jesus Christ bore it for you. Verse 6, Isaiah 53, verse 6. It says this, And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us. We mentioned this scripture earlier on. The Lord had laid on Jesus all of your iniquities. All of your iniquities. So what really happened on the cross was the fact that God laid your sins on Jesus. And Jesus became spiritually dead. Meaning that he, he, he got separated from God in spirit. As he cried, Eli, Eli, now Mark said back to him. That's my God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me? Okay. Just to emphasize again, that on the cross, Jesus bore your sins completely. And let's use an example, a natural example, to drive home a supernatural occurrence on the cross. So I'm going to read us a story that I wrote earlier on. I hope it blesses you. Now, it goes like this. Say you and your boyfriend went out on a date one evening to a very expensive restaurant, a five-star restaurant, the best chefs chefs and meals you can imagine you both just finished digging through a five course meal when all of a sudden your boyfriend realizes that he forgot his wallet at home and you too you didn't see the need to carry extra cash since he deliberately stated that it was a treat and all expenses were to be paid by him the waiter walks up with a 100k receipt and just like a dream, the entire situation begins to escalate as you and your partner try to explain your situation to the manager. Hallelujah. Now it's clear, it's clear, it's clear the manager is beginning to flare up and his tone has drastically changed. Just in the nick of time, an officer, okay, his tone has drastically changed. 
um, this is like a ton of event now. And just in the nick of time, an officer who was seated beside you interrupts the feud and pays the hundred key, telling the manager that he is your father and tells him to shut up as well. This officer then turns to you saying, Go, your debt has been paid for in full. Now, ask yourself, how exactly would you feel? How exactly would you feel? As for me, as for me, I would have basically um, three kinds of responses. I would be glad and feel free from a debt. I would be so glad and I would feel free from that debt. And that, that, this, is, this can be likened to righteousness, consciousness, the freedom from sin, knowing that your, your sin has been paid for, which is what Christ did on the cross. The second, the second feeling I would have, or my second response would be this, I will be grateful and appreciative to the officer. I will be so glad. That's an attitude of grace, of, of joy, of gladness on what Christ has done. Hallelujah. So knowing that Christ has paid for my sins, a debt that I could not pay, I will be glad. I will be appreciative. I will be thankful to God and to Jesus for his sacrifice, for his payment of my sin. And totally, I won't ever ever want to be caught in that kind of situation especially this, this situation in which um there's no money to pay for my for my dinner with my date or with my girlfriend that would be bad <laughs> so I, I i wouldn't ever want to be caught in sin or or any form of sinful act again knowing knowing what he has done for me, knowing the price he has paid knowing that the officer had paid that price for me glory to god i won't ever want to be caught in that situation ever again when a believer understands, and I mean really understands by, by, by the Spirit what Christ has done for him or her, these three things will be a natural response. It won't be forced. No one will tell you to be thankful to God. No one will tell you to, um, to, to not want to sin. You will just naturally won't want to sin because it, it will be a natural response. Amen? Amen. Okay. So Jesus once said, to whom much is forgiven, the same loves much. And to whom less is forgiven, the same loves little. In reality, we all have been forgiven of a great depth. Let me rephrase Jesus. He who knows he has been forgiven much will love much. And he who thinks he has been forgiven less will love less. So the more you are conscious of how much God has forgiven you through Jesus Christ, you will love him more. And the less you are conscious of of the forgiveness that has been given unto you, the less you would love. Alright? So our freedom and love response in this kingdom revolve around knowing how much we have been forgiven of sins. We have all been forgiven of a great debt. Both believers and those who haven't believed yet. Just confess now. I have been forgiven much, therefore I love much. Say again, I have been forgiven much, therefore I love much. Alright, our time now is expended. If you want to give, give your but I receive Christ into your life. Now just say after me, Father, I thank you for my sins have been forgiven through what Christ has done on the cross. I believe and I receive it in our life. Amen. Glory to God. And that's enough time for today. Let's take our closing benediction. Say after me, my sins are forgiven. I am righteous in Jesus Christ. I experience the new Christian realities by the power of the Holy Ghost. Glory to God. Thank you. See you again next time.